2: Hello, this is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer. Today we will hear a classic message from our archives that we believe will be a blessing to you and give you principles to live big in Christ. Let's join Bishop Greer for this classic teaching as we continue our previous broadcast.
1: But just as David danced with all his might before the Lord, and the Bible actually says he started taking off his clothes, and no, he wasn't completely naked. Let's not do that, and please don't read the Scripture wrong. But I will say this. In the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that Adam and Eve were naked and what? Unashamed. They were totally unaware of themselves. They had no hang-ups. You know what heaven is? A place with no hang-ups. I mean, you're not worried about how tall you are, how, how, how short you are, how big you are, how slim you are, no, and how smart you are, what school you went. No, no hang-ups so she's in God's presence, and she gets lost in the presence. And again, she's scorned, and, and people look. People pay her, and then after they've done paying her, then they look down on her. And, but, you know, she deals with this uh, all, all the time. But she's in the presence of God, and there's such freedom and liberty. And, and then she begins, the Bible said, to kiss his feet. And the Greek indicates that she did this over and over and over and over again. How many know this is not a good look for the preacher? Yeah. This is important. But Jesus didn't turn around and interrupt her. Jesus would not stop her. You know, I'm learning, and it took me some years, to stop trying so hard to please people who criticize me. And often by doing so, overlook the people who really love me. And this woman now, if he was concerned about the room, he would have stopped her. But he loved her, and he was going to stop her from loving him no matter what they had to say. And I, I get concerned also about these churches where they don't want to do anything spiritual because someone might think sideways. I ain't mean, come on, be yourself. And how are we going to change the culture if we're changing to the culture? That's, that's free, but anyway... We need to be wise and you know, don't test me next week by doing something foolish, okay? <laughs> and just, in case, I know, see, there a lot of people in this room, and there's at least one person is gonna take what I said wrong. They're gonna come in here naked next Sunday talking about, <laughs> well, you're talking about he got rid of all shame, but here's the deal that was before the fall. You come in here naked. It, yes, not only security, but everyone that was spiritual was all of a sudden not so spiritual. And, and we are no longer focused on God. We're focused on other things. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, anyway, I don't know how that happened. Uh, but that for the one, you know, I just got to say that. OK. And. She anointed them both feet. With fragrant oil. The room was filled with a scent of expensive perfume that, by the way, some of the men recognize very well. And Simon was taking note of every single detail. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him, Simon, saw this, he was a little intimidated by Jesus saying anything out loud. So he thought to himself, Instead of rejoicing at this woman's repentance, all he could do is look at her background. Instead of seeing this woman turn to God, all he could see is her sin. You see, when you judge me without knowing me, you don't define me, you just define yourself. That's important. And he was thinking in his mind, he said, this man, if he was a prophet, he, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. If Jesus was truly spiritual, he'd turn around and rebuke this woman. He, he wouldn't let the holy be, 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 be defiled by, by someone with such a, such a lifestyle and such a reputation. Then he said, for she is a sinner. This is the saddest point in the whole narrative. Because as enlightened and as educated as this man was, the prostitute really proved to know a whole lot more. You see, the sad fact was everybody in the room except Jesus was a sinner. The prostitute, though, was the only one who realized it. You guess what I'm saying? Sometimes there's an advantage of of living a life where it's obvious what you are. Sometimes the greater challenge is for all of us that just do everything right, made all the decisions, and we just wonderful. Often those are the hardest people to reach. You still with me? See, some of y'all miss hearing me, but I'm going to clean it up by the time we're through. And Jesus answered. He read this guy's mail. And he said, okay, you wonder if I'm a prophet? I'm about to prove it. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. This is really important what I'm about to say. God cared for the Pharisee as much as he cared for the prostitute. Now, what people do is they, they, they hear messages like they start twisting it. Then then they, they, they stop. They can't be around no church folk. They can't be around the righteous. And then, what? the reason I'm watching this, the reason I'm with that group of people is because, you know what, I'm for the sin. Well, let me tell you something. I could tell you where you're going by who you spend most of your time with. I'm not going to get a whole lot there. OK. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. He cared for the Pharisee as much as the prostitute. He loves the church kid as much as the street kid. He loves the housewife as much as the prostitute, the preacher as much as the pimp. God loves us all, and we've all fallen what? Short. God is not willing. This is what my Bible says, that any should perish, but that all may come to repentance. No matter how far you've gone, how short you've gone. You know what I'm saying? He wants all of us. And it's not a competition to see who was the worst amongst us. That's not what this thing is about. But but in a a couple verses, we're going to clean that up a little bit more. So the Pharisee said, teacher, say it. Now, teacher was a respectful uh, way to address Jesus. It It was like rabbi here. And it kind of seems here that this man was really trying to understand the message and the behavior of Jesus. And if you're sincerely looking for answers, God will. Uh, help you find them. That's just the way God is. But but watch verse 41. It's very important. Jesus is about to explain the concept of sin, but obviously he sees sin very differently than we do today. I want you to look at his illustration. Look at the, the thing he used to, to explain sin. Verse 41, there was a certain creditor who had what? Two debtors. He used lending and borrowing to illustrate the proper perspective on what sin really is. You see, as far as Jesus was concerned, each of us at some point in our life, the Bible says uh, each of us are appointed once to die. Each of us are going to return our rentals. Anyone understand what I'm saying? Back to the lending agent. And give an account for every mile, every dent, every ding, every time we lent it out, anytime we let someone drive it. You know, I, my, see, you think it's your life. That's your problem. Your life was given you on loan. If God didn't see fit to, to, to let you blink, to let you breathe, it would have never happened. And what you need to realize, there's going to come a day in your life where you're going to have to pull right back into that, 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 that rental line, and they're going to ask, did you have insurance? And if you were not insured by the blood of Jesus, you hear what I'm saying? You yourself are going to have to pay the debt old for every ding, every dent, every misfire in the engine. A lot of us, we're going to get in there pushing the vehicle in because we've done so much damage. He said, in one owed, when he thinks of sin, you, you got to think about owing. Got to think about debt, or, or you, you missed the whole thing. See, when you think about sin, you think holier than thou, that's wrong. No, no. He said, one owed 500 denarii, the other what? 50. One person's criminality was 10 times more than the other person's. Now, we may have different amounts of debts, but we do have one thing in common. What's the next verse? And when they had nothing with which to repay, when push comes to shove, you cannot repay God for allowing your little brain to think. When push comes to shove, how are you going to repay God for, for him allowing you to love somebody, to be loved by somebody? How are you going to repay God for, for giving you fresh air to breathe? How, these little things that we think, you know what, I don't have the car, so God owes me. No, 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 no. These little things. How are you going to repay God for just letting you exist? You didn't come here just because you had some bright idea. The only reason you even exist, because God had you on his mind in eternity past. So, you talk about my life. Everything in your body has been given to you. You didn't wake up one morning and say, I- I'm a form of liver, I'm a form of heart, I'm going to put it all together, i going to be a nose and an eye. None of that. That was all the providence and the wisdom of God. And all of us going to pull into that line. And they're going to pull out that, that clipboard and start writing. And then they're gonna present you with a bill. And you're gonna find out just like these two Jesus came to pay a debt he didn't owe, only because we owed a debt he couldn't pay. We couldn't pay. That's important. Stay with me. When they couldn't repay, he freely forgave them both. The one whose sins were few, and the ones who sinned were many. And some people will mishear me and say, Bishop, are you saying I need to go sin a lot, you know, for God to forgive me a lot? God forbid. When you sin, you're hurting you. You're not doing God a favor by living right. Oh, see, y'all don't believe me. All right. Listen, I got listen, a few minutes left. But all the married people, just keep looking straight ahead, though. For oh, the 90% plus that didn't go in the marriage right, how much of your marriage did you have to spend forgetting? How many problems were in your marriage because you couldn't forget and you kept remembering? You act like you're doing God a favor. God's trying to protect your narrow behind. It's for you. It's, it's for you. I know I ain't, you know, whatever, 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 I'm preaching good. then Jesus says tell me therefore which of them will love him more Simon was no dummy he answered he said "Uh, I suppose the one who forgave more you see the more we realize our debt the more we appreciate God's mercy and because we don't Often, really realize the debt we owed. We kind of worship like this. We we, we kind of you know just kind of I got to do this, God. If you really knew how many zeros were attached to your bill, if you just had any sense of what you owed you would, God, thank you, Jesus, praise God, you've been good. If you just had a sense. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then after seven verses, he finally turned to the woman. But even then, he didn't address the woman. He's still talking to Simon. And he said to Simon, do you see this woman, like a lot of us, Simon couldn't see the woman, he could only see her sin. He could only see her problem, could only see her background. But she said, can you see, you know, I know you're supposed to be a spiritual leader, but do you, you just see people's problems, people's stuff, but can you see the person? She said, Simon, I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. But she, who would not be invited here, who didn't go to your seminary, who you'd stick your nose up as you pass on the street, though you might visit her in the night. But she has washed my feet with her tears. And I know where those tears came from. And she wiped them with the hairs on her head. Unlike many of the Pharisees, she didn't act like God was doing her a favor by uh, coming into her life. How many you know Christians that act like, you know, they're, they're God's gift, man? They're just, God's such a great, God owes them. Oh, I gave you my wonderful life, and God, you, oh my God, like, you got to be. I dug deep into the trash bin and, and I found you underneath a piece of lettuce. You understand? Right, stand on top of that banana peel and I, I looked, I said, live and I pulled you out and I, I set you up and I cleaned you up and I, I bedecked you with jewels and I put good clothes on you. I gave you a hope and a future, a purpose and the destiny and you're going to act like you did me a favor. But here's the deal. We don't remember where we came from. We don't remember where he found us. We, we, we don't remember our sin because we just wonderful now. We, we just good people. And, and, you know, Jesus didn't have to all the way die for me, you know. He could have just, they could have just stuck him in the finger with a little prick and that would have been enough for me. Or, or maybe, okay, one hand for me, maybe one hand. But let me tell you something. If you really know what, what you did, it took both hands and both feet. You hear what I'm saying? Because You were there. You were there you did some things, said some things and, and you thought some things and the, the body he gave you, you misused and, and, and the air the, you used it to curse God and, and the tongue, you used it to defame and def- all this. You see, if you don't know that about yourself, you're not going to be grateful about this grace thing. It's going to go right over your head. But when you realize if it had not been for the Lord on my side, If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I know my pride, I know my arrogance, I know my defiance, I know my foolishness. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where, 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 where would I be? Yeah, give it up to him, give it up to him. I got some witnesses in the house today. Hallelujah. He's a good, good, good father in spite of me, in spite of me, in spite of you. Hallelujah. Come on, sit down. Y'all taking up my time. He said, Simon, you gave me no kiss. In this culture, you know, a kiss on the cheek was a normal greeting between men and women and friends and the rest. just a little bit like the French there. So you didn't honor me with a kiss because you were afraid what people might think. So you didn't want to declare, you know, any type of real relationship. So, you, you know, icicles in the room when I came in. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in, and she didn't even care who was watching. He said, you did not anoint my head with oil, which that's what you did in the desert. But this woman has anointed not my head but my feet with the most expensive, fragrant oil. She gave Jesus her best because Jesus was willing to take her worst. Therefore, I say to you, watch this that today don't nobody talk about sins. You can't find a preacher that even mention sins. But that's why the, 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 our worship is an inch deep and a mile wide. It's not until you know what God has saved you from. It's not until you realize how far God had to reach to grab you that you could really be grateful, that you can really be thankful. I don't just serve God out of duty, and I'm thankful, God, because, Lord, I know what you did for me. In that God, if you showed me too much, I might just die thinking about how messed up and miserable I was, but you love me in spite of me. It said, therefore, her sin's full of mercy, but it's still called it sin. Church, God is full of mercy, but if you don't call it what it is, he can't help you. She's called by any other name still stinks. Call it what you want, but you're not going to really be able to be free until you call it what it really, really, really is. Yes. It says her sins are forgiven. For she loves much. Now, I know I'm kind of beating the same point, but this is why I love God so hard. Despite my selfishness, recklessness, arrogance, he loves me. He he calls me by his name. Let me into his family, gave me his spirit. In spite of So it's a privilege when God asks me to do something. Come on now. I'd be content to be a street sweeper in some town no one ever heard of if that gave honor and and pleasure to my God. I know who I was. Matter of fact, tell you the truth, take the spirit out of me who I still could be. And forgive me for repeating it, but I got to say it again. If it had not been for the Lord on my side. I'm scared to think about the day the Lord don't wake up and not at my right hand. If God ever abandoned me, I'm in trouble. But I know that about myself. But some of us, not talking about you, the person next to you, to be honest, you are a wretch. You are rotten to the core. You stink to the heavens apart from God's grace and his mercy. And until you know it, you'll never learn how to worship. All right, be seated again. The clock's getting away from us. He said, her sins are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, watch this, the same loves little. The less God shows you your sin, the less grateful you can be for his grace. So it's a disservice to you for me not to point out the error. Of your way. Because how are you going to be grateful when he straightens it out? Actually, in this text, he kind of exchanges, instead of using the word grateful, use the word love. You know, her sins are forgiven in many, so she was more grateful. The Bible says love much. And, and really, loving God expresses itself through gratitude. If you really love him, how are you walking around with such a bitter face? How are you walking around so angry with everybody? I mean, if, if you really knew how good God has been, if you really knew how much mercy He has shown you, Oh, you walk in here skipping. You be, oh God, I must be worth something. Because while I was a sinner, He yet loved me. While I was in my mess, He saw through it and saw value. And God, I'm grateful. What you want, Lord? How, when you want it, where you want it, how you want it. God, I, ju- I just want to please you. See, people make this Christianity all about rules and regulations. They don't miss the boat. It's about a relationship with a holy God who loved me in spite of me, who keeps working on me, keeps. Kate moving me forward and, and don't let me go and in spite of fact I tried to run from him, but he come and, and chased me back. And I'm talking about a God that that, that 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 so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever might believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And I'm grateful. 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 I'm going to stop there. Give God a hallelujah. I'm going to come down here.
2: You've been listening to a classic message from Derek Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit GraceChurchVA.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big.